Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Hey, everybody. Welcome into episode number 96 of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. My guest on the show today is Larry Carey. Before we get to our conversation with Larry, I want to talk about that number that I just shared, 96, folks. We are at episode number 96, which is really close to episode number 100, and I cannot wait for episode number 100. Folks, it's going to drop on October 4th. Uh, which is going to be a special midweek release. And we're going to do something different with episode number 100. And one of the things I think I'm most excited about is just simply sharing with you some of the things that I have learned the first 100 episodes, um, maybe share some other special pieces of information, some things we're going to be doing a little bit differently with the show. Um, but we're really super excited to celebrate episode number 100. So mark that on your calendars, folks. You won't want to miss that. Make sure if you're not already set up for auto downloads that you do that. So that way you don't miss episode number 100 or honestly any of the episodes here on Leaning Into Leadership. So let's jump over to episode number 96, which is today's episode. And my guest again is Larry Carey. So let me tell you a little bit about Larry. Larry is a PBIS or Positive Behavior Intervention and Supports Coordinator in Columbus City Schools in Ohio. Before Larry was a PBIS coordinator, he actually was a teacher on special assignment for the NEA Organizing Fellowship Academy. Now, Larry has an interesting story because like many of us, education was not his first career. In fact, Larry was one of those folks who, after he graduated from college, realized that he wasn't walking in his purpose, and he went back, obtained his teaching license, and became an early childhood educator. Larry is a YouTube creator. Larry is an author, author of the book Alliteration Boost Communication, the ABCs of Vocabulary, and is honestly just a fantastic guy. And you're going to love this conversation that I had with Larry Carey. And you're going to hear it right on the other side of this. Hey, leaders, let me tell you a story. It's the story of my first year as a high school principal. I will tell you, I was exhausted. I was overwhelmed. And I lived my life breathing through a snorkel because my head was so far underwater. And I didn't think there was a way out. I mean, I was a mess. The 40 feet that it was to move from my assistant principal office down to the principal's office might as well have been a 400-mile trek. I was just absolutely putting in crazy hours. I was trying to do it all, like trying to answer everybody's question, thinking I always had to be the smartest one in the room, and I had to solve everybody's problems. We're talking severe Superman syndrome here, folks. Every day was fire after fire, and all I accomplished was putting out fires. Forget about leading. I was simply trying to survive. Now, after working with a leadership coach, I really was able to get things figured out, get my head from being a firefighter to actually being a leader. But it took work, and I discovered some things that really mattered. And that's why I've created Walk in Your Purpose, Five Mindsets to Level Up Your Leadership, a free ebook that you can have today at no cost. 
Just go to walkinyourpurpose.roadtoawesome.net backslash ebook to download your free copy. Again, that's walkinyourpurpose.roadtoawesome.net backslash ebook. It's time for you to walk in your purpose, to find joy in your job, and to be the leader you always knew that you could be. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Today on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, we are talking about culture and climate. We are talking about the ABCs, and we are doing that with my guest, Larry Carey. Larry, welcome into the show. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to be here. It's an honor. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation. Before, uh, Larry, before we dive in, uh, just really quick, um, share with my listeners a little bit uh, kind of about who you are, what you, what you do right now, um, a little bit of your story. Yes, sir. And thank you for being here. Um, my name is Larry Carey. Yes, it rhymes. I am a district PBIS coordinator in Columbus City Schools that is located in Columbus, Ohio. So I pretty much work with a lot of culture and climate, uh, building relationships, classroom management, um, you know, just supporting the whole child, supporting the academic piece. So that, that's what I do on my day job in, in Columbus City Schools. I'm also an author. I wrote a children's book and I'm also a uh, uh, I'm going to be in the movie called Shirley, which is the buy up of Shirley Chisholm in, in December. That's going to be a Netflix. So that's that's wow. pretty cool. That was a little fun fact about myself, which is, man, we, yeah. So there you yes, go. Sir. That's exciting stuff right there, man. We'll definitely have to be looking for that. I, <laughs> you'd be my my first actor on the Leaning Into Leadership <laughs> podcast. That's exciting. So um, let's let's touch let's touch a little bit uh, on the culture and climate work, the PBIS work that you do there in Columbus City Schools, because you know right now, uh, probably more than ever, culture and climate in our schools is just such a massive element. Uh, I was having a really great conversation with somebody the other day about teacher uh, about teacher retention and about teacher recruitment and you know we hear so much about um, our our teacher shortage and the number one thing I think we can do in the short term is to retain our teachers and building that culture and climate is a huge piece so talk just a little bit about I mean I know you support pre-k through 12 but talk just a little bit about maybe some of the work that you do or some of the things you're seeing right within your own district on culture and climate. Yes, sir. I can do that. Um, yes, I, I support pre-K to 12. Um, in my district, um, we have regions. We have six regions. I'm in region two, which is the east side schools. So I have three high schools, five middle schools, and 11 elementaries. Um, and our job as uh, PBIS coordinators, culture and climate is one piece, but I'm going to have to give you the whole breakdown. Is that okay? I give you the yeah, whole no, breakdown. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, let's do so, it. So when we go in and we talk about PBIS, culture and climate, we talk about, um, we, we first give everybody what is PBIS, right? You have your Google de- definitions, you have, you know, positive behavior intervention support, which is a multi tiered, evidence 
evidence-based framework that creates a positive, predictable, safe, equitable climate and culture for all, right? The framework is to support the whole child. Um, and that's behavior, academics, social, emotional, mental health, right? So when you're talking about culture and climate, you're talking about that relationship piece, building relationships with those students, building a relationship with your stakeholders, your parents, right? That's one part of it. You're also talking about uh, classroom management. What, what does that look like? What does those system and structures look like in the classroom, in your school, right? Uh, and that can be creating the behavior flow chart. What is teacher manage? What is principal manage? And making sure everybody knows what this stuff is and have PD, professional development on it, so everybody can be on the same system, same process, and, and, and know how things work. So that that's a part of culture and climate right there entailed, tied into the TFI 1, Tier 1. So, yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. So, so one of the things, one of the things I heard you say a couple of things there that, that I kind of want to go at. Uh, one of them was relationships, but before I go to relationships, I want to go at, uh, you really talked about clarity, about really being really clear in, you know, classroom management systems, in building level systems. What are some of the things that, that you do as, as a PBIS coordinator to help? the the school leaders or the classroom teachers really get to that clarity so so they have those clear expectations yes sir so during pbis in, in, in ohio pbis was mandated by state law i believe it was a uh, uh, um, house bill 318 um if i'm wrong please forgive me but it was a state law and one of the things that we wanted to do for clarity is you have to put um, some systems of structure in place. So you have your be safe, be ready, be responsible. Some, it's three to five stated clear facts of what it is. Um, so we go in and we make sure you understand those. Then you can create a behavior flow chart. But the most important thing that we've been finding out with our teachers and, and stakeholders or even principals is those definitions. So what is insubordination? Right. So let's dive deeper. What is insubordination? What is disruptive behavior? Those are some of the things. Those are the two two most common write-ups along with uh, things going in in the classroom, at least in our district and in my region. And they are different. Disruptive behavior is a, a level one and insubordination is a level two. But wh what is it? If a kid is play fighting, are we going to write them up for physical assault? Or are we going to just say they, they were being dis disturbed in the classroom? If a kid is talking back, if they say um, maybe a bad word to you, is that that insubordination or maybe they ignored you and whisper under their breath? You know, just trying to get those clear definitions and, and tools and tactics, those those intervention pieces uh, to help out with that relationship part and that classroom management part. So I hope I answered your question right there. Yeah, you did. Absolutely. No. And, and I love talking you know, about I mean, that it, stuff. So sometimes I go on the defense. <laughs> no, and that's fine. So and, and something that, that uh, I don't think I've shared with you. In fact, I, I'm certain I haven't shared it on the podcast. But early in my leadership career as uh, as a assistant principal in charge of discipline and attendance, I found myself on the state of Wyoming PBIS team. So I was doing some PBIS coaching around the state. And uh, uh, definitely what you're talking about still resonating, you know, from back, uh, you know, back then almost 15 years ago that – you know, if if we don't have clear definitions, I, I think this is really important. I'm, I want to go at this even even deeper because oh, I ahead. think so often 
we forget this as leaders and, and we know that our teachers will struggle with this. And if they do, our kids will. If we're not really clear, what does it really mean to be insubordinate or disruptive or whatever words you want to choose? Uh, as you were talking, it made me think back to some pretty deep conversations with my staff, um, I think at the time as an assistant principal, around um, insubordination. And it can't simply be, Larry, stop, Larry, stop, Larry, stop. There, I said it three times, you're being insubordinate, get out. You know, there, there's a whole different understanding of what does what does it really mean. And, and I like how you talked even about Sorry. that balance between play fighting and actual physical assault. What what are some some strategies that leaders can use? So the people that are listening right now, that are are rolling their eyes or or they're laughing, you know, from from the steering wheel of their car because they have those exact staff members doing those exact same things. What are a couple of things they can do to help get to that clarity with those definitions? I'm actually happy you asked that because um, a few weeks ago we did a uh, professional development or professional learning out, you know, it's PD in, in Columbus. Yeah. I think they're going to change it to PL, but um, on the top 10 interventions, what are those? So um, you can actually go to PBIS world and find all this information, but we sat down and was like, you need to have a strong tier one support because if you have a strong tier one, you're not going to have as many kids in tier two and tier three. So we, we, we broke it down. What are the top 10 interventions, right? And one of those was acknowledging positive behavior, right? Oh, my goodness, you did such a great job. Thank you. Our elementary school, man, I love the way Jaquan is walking down the hallway, man, walking feet, right? Acknowledging that. Why? Because everybody yeah. loves to be praised. Um, creating a equitable reward systems with incentives, right? Not just giving away things because you, you're trying to deter behavior, but actually creating it. Hey, if you do this, you'll get this, but you have to be consistent at this, right? Those things. Um, making sure you call parents, building a relationship with parents. I talk about relationships all the time. Call parents and give them a note home, but it doesn't have to be negative, right? One of the things I did when I was a classroom teacher um, is before we even started, I called all my parents, introduced myself. When they came in here, um, came into my classroom, I said, came in here, sorry. When they came into my classroom, I made sure I introduced myself again. Guess what? I made sure every time uh, little Billy had a great day, I sent the text home, Google, uh, you can use Google Voice. All my parents have my number on Google Voice. You know, send a text on, hey, yeah. you did such a great job. That way, when I did have an issue and I had to call them, guess what? They know I have their child back. They know that I'm not making up anything. They can trust me. Um, just we use it. Uh, this came in for high school, color-coded folders, and it could be middle school as well, um, right? And people say, huh? Color-coded folders? What does that do? Well, help them organize. Some students struggle. I'm, I'm not the great best organized person ever. You come in my classroom was organized chaos. <laughs> That's what I caught it. I knew where things was, but some kids may need that red for math, green for reading language arts, yellow for history, you know? So giving them that support, that intervention, right? Just engaging with students, talking to them, getting to know them, right? Um, we talked about this already, explaining your directions. You can explain it and show it. Some kids might need you to see it. Um, I did something. I taught primarily in um, elementary school. I should have said this. I was a pre-K teacher before I was a PBIS coordinator. I did something called halls. Halls, hands on your side, always searching forward, lips sealed, legs moving, silent, right? 
my kids knew that that's what we did in the hallways and guess what once we practiced it a few times they walked down the hallway straight line quiet we even made it a game who's the quietest oh pre-k is quieter than kindergarten oh right next next thing happened everybody else is doing it um uh, just having, and, and, and when we talk about explaining directions, just having students repeat those directions back, right? Re 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 repeat them back to me. What did I just say? Can you show me? Maybe put together a video, and that's something going on a building-wise system and structure that you can do as well, because that's what we're starting to transition into where people create videos. Um, there's a school in our district called Parkmore Elementary School. If you YouTube it, they got a great video. They're in another region, but hey, still CCS. Great video on systems and structures um, and videos of what to do and what not to do. It's kind of like a Wacky Friday thing. The, the, the kids are running the hallway. They're not supposed to. And the adults are walking. They run into each other. Boom. Now the adults are acting like the kids. And the kids are like, what's going on? We have to teach the adults. Fun video. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, that's okay. I'll actually, I'll, I'll make sure and link that in, in the show notes so everybody can go and check it out. Because now I really want to go check it out. Uh, it makes, it's you're, actually you're making very me good. Yeah, Our well, you're making me Master think of like. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say. I th I believe I shouldn't say our fan. I believe the family ambassador helped them create that video. So we have family ambassadors um, in our district. That was one of the things they put together to kind of help with the the go uh, the board's guard guardrails. So, um, sorry about that. But yes, yeah, it is actually a good okay. video. Um, yeah, structure routines. I, I talked about the halls. Just your tone. People don't understand how you talk it, it is a factor on how a child responds if you say hey sit your butt down right now more than likely that kid gonna look at you like what if you say hey can you please sit down you know if you talk calm cool you, you build that again relationships more than likely the kid's gonna do it and that, that's even proximity how you stand um, and, and like I said, again, just make sure you get to know your students, speaking to them in the hallway. Hey, how you doing? How was your weekend? What are you doing for spring break? This is what I'm doing for spring break. Hey, I have, I have, you know, I have, uh, two, two kids and they go to CCS too. And here go to some of their experiences, right? Just again, yep. building that relationship with those students, because if you don't have a relationship with a child, you're not going to move the dial. You're not going to be able to teach them anything. So, I mean, those are just some of the things, um, and I don't know if that, I think that was 10, some of the things that yeah. we talked about in that professional development. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right, man. <laughs> that's we, good we stuff. I love on it. Tier one interventions, tier one supports. That's definitely what we want to do. And then, like I said, we, we talked about um, the definitions. That's why I brought those up, knowing what these definitions is, knowing yeah. teacher managed and classroom managed. So. Yeah. No, it's really Sorry. powerful stuff. And, <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, for, for quite some time, PBIS really had grown and grown and grown across the country. And, I mean, it's interesting, obviously, that Ohio has, has you know, made that, you know, a, a state-level mandate. But I think in many cases, you know, this everything that we went through with the pandemic kind of like put everybody in their factory reset mode and people are struggling to get back to just some of those basic structures and, you know, back to, you know, the, the way that we – manage and lead a classroom in the way that we manage and lead, you know, a school building or a district. I'm curious, I, I, I want to stay on the PBIS thing for just a couple more minutes, and then there's another direction I want to go. But this was an experience that I had. And obviously, you know, my administrative time was all at the high school level. So uh, obviously, as superintendent, I was K-12. But 
as a high school administrator going and working with elementary schools when I was part of the state PBIS team, it was it was easy. Elementary schools, they just they eat this up. You know, you, you mentioned your, your halls piece. My elementary where I was a superintendent, I mean, it was a posted scoreboard for positive behaviors in the hallway and all this stuff. And it was class competitions and all this great stuff. But at the high school level, often there's a little pushback that, you know, that's that's kind of that's a little more childish. And, you know, my kids should know how to behave. So, yeah, no, run with this. That's where I'm going. No, no, I want I, you to I take was, this. I, I was going to say, and this it, it's a trouble here, too. Right. And this is where it's important to have student voice. What would you like to see in your school? What rewards and incentives? do you want to see or have? Because sometimes people get that confusion piece. Um, I'm still learning the high school and middle school since I spent all my time in elementary, but that is what I'm finding to see some success for some of the schools that we're, we are turning around. We have to have that student voice. They need to be a part of this because if they're not a part of this and we're just doing this, we're not going to move the needle. When they when they're more a part, they're um, sorry. When they are a part of something, they are more invested. They're gonna oh, we're gonna take this and run with it. Um, some of the best videos we've seen, and this this actually wasn't from CCS, was when students actually put together a wacky video or a wacky Wednesday video of them doing the right thing. Now, is that gonna change everything right away? No, but it's a start. That student voice is very, very, very important. <laughs> I, man, I'll tell you what, I, I couldn't say it any better than that. That is that is huge right there. And, you know, having done that work at the high school level, and for us, it was a combination of PBIS and Jocelyn's Renaissance. But again, still the idea is, what do you respect? And then recognize, reward, and reinforce the heck out of it. That That's how it works. And having a huge student leadership group that were a part of that, that, that helped us to identify exactly what you just said. What, what, what are incentives that are truly meaningful to a high school kid? What are, what are those pieces? Like when we were putting together academic pep rallies, you know, what, what are even themes that kids are going to say, oh, that's a cool theme where as adults, we would come up with an idea and they'd be like, okay, no, that's stupid. Please don't ever do that. And high school kids (laughs) will tell you that, right? I mean, high school kids would be like, no, Harry Potter is way – no, that's eons ago. No Harry Potter, you know, or whatever the case may be. But um, I just – I think that it, that's a really interesting element that even though there's tremendous research around it, and you mentioned PBIS World. Um, I spent a ton of, ton of time at the PBIS conferences in Chicago every year. I mean, there, there's, there's great research out there around the impact that it has at a high school level. But high school teachers are like, yeah, no, I don't think so. That's 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 a little childish. That's a little elementary like, right? And you got to get the buy-in too. I mean, I, we talk yeah. about student voice and getting the buy-in there, but you also get the buy-in of your staff. So this is where it's important for them to actually know what that is, what PBIS is, and how how the impact is. Because here go the funny thing, right? Most teachers do it all automatically because it's something we were taught. We just change the, the terms terms of it. So, example, um, there's something called self, social emotional learning, right? And one of the things that we, we try to connect with, because it's all under the MTS framework, we said the three signature practices. 
Um, to me, the three signature practices encompasses sale, PBIS, and academics. Why? Because what the first thing with the three signature practices is ritual, um, welcoming and inclusion or welcoming ritual, right? Starting that, hey, how you doing? It could be a high five at the door. Every kid come in. It could be a simple writing prompt of what's your... Uh, what made you happy today or you know what was your favorite color when you was a kid and is it you know just something that simple to get conversation going on and then you have your engagement piece right that's that middle piece and then at the end that optimistic closure what is an optimistic closure pretty much a formative assessment <laughs> right what did you get out of the lesson right so it ties all in together but some people we hear it as oh what's you got to do a formative assessment so uh, write, write an exit ticket. Well, that's an optimistic closure. And we we encompass all that together, but we just don't know that. So it's, it's, it's blending. And that's one thing that I'm trying to do, and I know the district is trying to do also, is just combine all those things together. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I mean, that's that, that's one of the great big challenges I think a lot of districts, especially large districts, have is, you know, you get you get a lot of different initiatives going and teachers are just just trying to, like you said early in the in the podcast, just trying to get all on that same page so they can understand what the terminology means. It, it's no different than, you know, like with making sure everybody understands what really is the definition of insubordination, what's really the definition of an exit ticket or an optimistic closure or whatever the case may be. No, that's that's really good stuff, man. I like that. Uh, let, so let, every, let's transition. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was I was going to say this. And this would be actually a good transition piece. I think <laughs> I was going to say every professional development I've done or, or have done, like we have something called Friday Live that we do every Friday where we talk about PBIS point or um, uh, uh, classroom management, or um, we, we do something with family, the family ambassadors. We do family uh, get together. We all put up the three signature practices, and I actually did that when it came to my book and everything else. So when I do a PD on that, it encompassed three signature practices with PBIS, with academics, with the national standards. So I, I wanted to put that in there because that was one thing I was working yeah. on too. So. Yeah, no, that's perfect. <laughs> and, and that does transition us to, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, about the ABCs, um, your book, the ABCs of uh, vocabulary. Uh, you said that you were a pre-K teacher, so so it makes some sense that you would go at that with uh, with your book, but talk a little bit about about the concept of the book. Um, maybe what motivated you to write a book. I'm always I'm always curious. You know, I, I've I've done a couple of books myself. Um, I'm always curious what motivated somebody to write a book. So l let's start there and then talk then talk about actually what's in the book. Okay. All right. So I wrote a book. Um, I'm actually an award winning author now. Um, last week. Uh, I was a finalist for the Children's International Award, and then I got the Go Literary Titan Award. So it was, it was like, That's wow. awesome, man. Congratulations. But, um, thank you. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> the book is called Alliterations Boost Communications, the ABCs of Vocabulary. Um, this book took me two years to write, and, and it started during the pandemic. I always had this ideal in my head to write a alliteration book. We have books like ABC Drive or ABC um, – another alliteration book where it was like apple ate apricot and i'm like what is my what are my students well my kids what are they really learning right we see a picture of apple and you know like yeah they learn a so i wanted to do something where i use high level vocabulary words 
strong, robust vocabulary words and made the story funny. Right. And then you start looking at research where it was like 13 million. Uh, our kids by the age of four hear 13 million words. And those are kids that are in poverty, which I mostly teach. I think we are 97 or 99 percent on free and reduced lunch in Columbus City Schools to so the counterpart, which I believe is 56 million. Like, so how can I help close that gap in my pre-K kids at my school? So that that was that was my why. And I started off with the book, and I think the first letter I did was A, and it was like, I want to make this book fun, so how could I make it fun? And I had all these ideals, and I landed on ambitious aliens, agitate, agile alligators. Okay, I got that. So now I got to find an illustrator. (laughs) That was the hard part. I went through six illustrators, and we worked together. He put together, you know, the aliens flying and the alligators trying to catch them. Now, let me put together a lesson to kind of help out my students or help out anybody who's looking at this. How can I do that? Well, let's do a see, think, wonder activity. Um, We have a giant A. We can do um, what letter is this? A. What's the sound? What color? The A was blue. So you have your letter of the week, your sound of the week, your color of the week. Now you got this see, think, wonder activity where you can do what's going on in this picture. Write everything down that you see. and then next, write everything that you think is going on, or you can speak it out if you're, you know, in pre-K. What do you think's going on? And now, guess what? Now we can use our imagination, and that's right. What's going to happen next? Will these alligators catch these aliens, or will the aliens continue to agitate them? And then at the bottom, I also had the vocabulary word. So it was ambitious. Um, right, it had it broke down ambitious with the syllables. Then you had agitate, agitate, <laughs> and then agile. So then I had three vocabulary words of the week. So, like, yes, I just kind of spec that out kind of quick, but that was my thinking. Like, I want to put together something that really, really help our kids learn words, um, break down illustrations to get you know to, to just write themselves or to get their imagination going and flowing. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's helped. all right, man. No, no, that's awesome. That that really hits it hits it right on the head. And you know, it's it's always really cool. Like I said, to to talk to people about why they wrote their book, and just I mean, just listening to you, just hearing it in your in your voice. And I'm sure you know for the people who are driving down the road or, or listening on the treadmill or whatever, um, folks. Trust me, I can see Larry right now. He's fired up about his book. I mean, it, what you're hearing in his voice is absolutely uh, what what I see in him. Which that's what it's all about, right? When you when you can take that passion that you have for that topic, and clearly, clearly, you have that that passion to create a book that's truly going to make a difference to close the gap um, in in vocabulary for students in poverty. What, what a huge, huge thing to be able to do. So. Um, it, it took you two years to put the book together between, you know, illustrators and, and, and doing all of this kind of stuff. Um, man, I, I remember when my first book went live <laughs> and it was launched and that kind of stuff. Tell it, tell the story there. What was that like for you? What was that experience like when, oh, my gosh, my book is live and then, oh, my gosh, I have my book in my hand? Um. So going back two years to write it, it really once once the pandemic happened, I had time to sit and think. It was like six months process, all in all. But I'd say two yeah. years. But once I, I, w- I went through Book Baby, which is an independent um, 
publishing company and i'm also huh? on amazon but book baby is first the hardcover you put the order in <laughs> right they ship to your first hundred books like hey congratulations you're part of the book book baby family and then you have this book and i'm like oh my goodness my father my father's no longer with me will be so proud like i would never thought i was a, be a be a be a author i one thing y'all don't no one knows, but I have actual speech impediment. So there's certain words I can't pronounce. I still struggle to this day. So, and, and that, that's another component of why I broke down the vocabulary words so kids can get it. And bitches are bodacious, are callous. So we can slow down and say those words. So just, just holding that book, I, I don't know, man, I almost cried. <laughs> I think I might yeah. have cried a few uh, especially being at the signing party, people congratulating you. Um, I mean, it was a surreal moment. And then even getting recognition from your peers. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was a surreal moment. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an incredible experience that uh, anybody who's written a book knows and, and, and totally gets that. And, you know, you listening to you talk, I mean, I can – I can still see, you know, in my mind's eye, opening that first box uh, of my book, and you know, even my my new one. I've got a copy of it sitting right here on my desk. Um, you know, I actually just got the the framed image of the of the cover today, and you know, got it put up right away. And um, it's a special feeling; it really is. So um, let's let's do this, and then I'm going to ask you the last question I ask everybody here on the podcast. So I'll do this in a little bit different order than normal um, because we're still on the book. Where do people find the book? Where do people connect with you? How do they how do they get more from Larry Carey? Um, okay, um, you can find the book on uh, Book Baby. Um, you can type in Alliterations Boost Communications. You'll it'll pop up. It's on Amazon. Um, just type in Alliterations Boost Communication. Also, you can go to my website. My personal website is www.larrycarryltd.com. That's L A R R Y. C A R E Y L T D dot com. Um, it will take you to both of those um, those locations, and also Zips Printing. Um, Zips Printing actually just uh, started printing my twelve by twelves, so that that's kind of new. I think you can go on Zips and ask for my book as well. Um, so the hard cop- copy is Book Baby, which is nine by seven. Amazon is eight and a half by eight and a half, and Zip has the twelve by twelve, which is teacher teacher edition. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Larry Carey, Instagram at Antoine underscore Carey, uh, Twitter at Larry underscore Carey 85. And my LinkedIn account is Larry Carey. <laughs> it rhymes. There so, you go. Right on. All kinds, all kinds of great places to find you. And I'll put all of that stuff in the show links, folks. So uh, don't don't try to drive or, or write that stuff down, you know, all at the same time. It's in the show notes. You can get it there. So, Larry, the last question on the podcast for everybody Um It's your turn to answer that question right now. What are you doing to lean into leadership? I'm actually doing a lot more reading. Um, I don't know if you ever did anything called true colors. My personality is an orange. So I'm like very excited, energetic, um, outgoing. Um, But I'm trying to read more because when it comes to my work, I'm a perfectionist because I want to spark the minds of our next generation. And the more I know, the more I can feed into those kids or feed into those adults who are going to help our kids. So how I'm leaning into leadership is by doing more reading and more attentional reading, um, reading to gain knowledge and not reading for, you know, um, 
like when I read what, what's the book called? Oh my goodness, uh, American Gods, <laughs> not for entertainment. There you go, reading for entertainment, reading more okay. for her for knowledge. So like one of my favorite books is 48 Laws of Power. I read that multiple times. Um, the five love languages. Of course, that's not to do with academic stuff, but those are some of the books that I like sure. to read. So, oh, that's right, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, more that. reading. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. You know, they do say uh, leaders are readers. So, uh, Larry, thank you so much for joining me here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, man. This was a blast. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, man, that was that was some really good stuff right there. Thank you so much, Larry, for coming on the show and having that conversation. And you might be wondering, you know, Darren, why would we do back-to-back episodes related to student behavior? Well, again, folks, here we are right towards the beginning of our school year. And when we start on the right foot, when we start by focusing on the positives and really reinforcing the behaviors that we want to see, and of course, that requires that clarity. What do we really want to see? What are we really looking for? How do we teach that so that it is done in the way we want to see it happen? How do we reinforce it in our teachers? How do we reinforce it in our students? The sooner that we start focusing on those pieces, the better. So certainly having the back-to-back episodes with Lindsay Titus and then with Larry Carey, focusing on those behavior pieces, I think was critical. So uh, thanks for indulging me on that. And I hope that these two episodes uh, will bring that clarity and help all of you stay focused and really dial in on the positive behaviors, interventions, and supports that you want to see happening in your school. And now it's time for a pep talk. On today's pep talk, I want to talk about the options that exist for us when it comes to employees who aren't necessarily reaching the level of performance that we're looking for. I've heard it said numerous times, and I'd love to give credit where credit is due, but I'm not certain who this quote comes from. But when it comes to performing in the classroom and having better outcomes in the classroom, when it comes to our teachers, we can either go get better teachers or we can coach up the ones we have. Folks, this is true in every employee situation. So whether we're talking about leadership or we're talking about support personnel, look, you can either fire them or you can coach them up. It's pretty much that simple. And the truth is we can't fire our way out of a leadership challenge. You know, I I worked for that person once, you know, who was all about, you know, hey, I'll hold people accountable by just firing them and I'll get new people. And to be honest with you, I'd ask her right now, hey, how's that going for you? And I know the answer is it's not going well. Uh, We all know that punishment to gain compliance doesn't work. You've heard me talk about that a lot here. And if we want to improve performance, what we have to do is coach people up. We have to be willing to sit down, have the tough conversations, but also have the conversations around how do we get better? What are the things specifically that I want to see? And what are the resources and the coaching that I'm going to provide in order to get you where I'd like to see you performing? Folks, you can't fire your way out of it. So focus on coaching people up, whether that's bringing a coach from the outside, or that is just simply being the coach as the leader get in the classrooms, get into their workspaces, and provide the support they need. All right? It's early in the year. This is the time right now when we need to be setting those expectations, holding people to those expectations, and then following through on coaching them up. That's your pep talk for today. 
If you like the show, if you enjoy the show, please make sure you're sharing it with people. Reach out to your friends, you know, shoot out an episode, um, you know, just hit that copy and, and paste link. Or go and leave us a review, folks. We love the reviews that you provide for us, like this one um, that I just find absolutely fantastic. Another five-star review that says, I love how Darren uses his personal experiences to help others lean into leadership. He breaks down six necessary leadership perspectives to analyze for personal leadership growth. Get ready to dig into what matters to you and how you hold yourself accountable. The perfect review for this particular episode and for that pep talk. Thank you so much for joining me on Leaning Into Leadership. Have a road awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.